Do you want me to stop it and start over? No, this is fine. Okay. And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) I remembered. (laughs) Livia's feeling the couch power. Yeah, the the power of the couch. She's over there going rogue. (laughs) This is, I think, the first time I've recorded a podcast with Aaron where he has not sat on the couch. This is the first time I've not sat on the couch. Do you want to sit on the couch? No, I need to get out of my comfort zone. It's t- I, I was getting too pl- complacent there. Welcome <laughs> to Curious Church Podcast. So good to be here with you again. Isn't it, Matt? It is. Again. That's again. like you're writing a song and need to force a rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> with, I don't know. The train. Complain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Complain, train, again. Uh, again, complaining about being on the train. Always good to be back, especially good to be with the third party in the room. Yeah. We? And I think, uh, I mean, uh, there's no reason she should just sit there and listen to us be idiots. I think she should Heavens no. join in and bring the IQ level up a little bit. <laughs> Libby, welcome. <laughs> Yay. Welcome. Thanks for having me back. It's Wait, been a while. We should really say, welcome, Dr. Libby Beckfish, because whenever you're in the room, you just bring a, a, a gravitas and uh, you really take... What are just two blokes talking about whatever comes to mind? <laughs> two mates, <laughs> two mates, just chatting, and uh, you really help us out. So we're grateful. Well, you're, that you're sweet, here. but you all are the experts in this topic. So well, thanks for having me along. I will add the curious nature. Can I bring something to something else to the room real quick? This is a totally different topic, but something reminded me of it. My daughter asked the other day. We were driving to her swim practice. She's on a swim team. It's very cute. We were driving to a swim practice, and she said. Daddy, are there any time zones that are five minutes different? I was like... Time zones? Time zone. That's a good question. It is a good question. I said, well, no, but we make up time zones as like people, governments make them up. Right. So there's this... I don't know if this has changed recently, but it used to be the fact that China though geographically should have like five time zones, only has one because the government wants everybody to be on the same time zone. Oh. So that was an example I said about, you know, people, we make up time zones. So, but I also said, you know, technically where we're going, we're driving to the pool is like 10 minutes west of our house. So technically that time zone is a little bit ahead of our house. Yeah. So if you stood by the pool and stood at our house, the sun would set at our house like a matter of seconds before it sets at the pool. Do you ever think about that? No. Okay. No, I never thought about that. Okay. But I guess it, it is true. What, what that I was saying made you think about that? <laughs> That's what I want And where did know. that come from? Versus? I don't remember. <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to I don't your remember. Body. You're like, oh, it's different, <laughs> but that synthesis. made me think about it. I'm like, What? Look, I've been lonely. I don't have anyone to talk to. I mean, talking to my daughter about this is great, but... Is this the new, like, Jack Handy Deep Thoughts segment? Oh, Curious Churches? <laughs> yeah, just one after another. Not related to anything we're talking about. Hey, by the way, have you ever thought about... Yeah. Maybe I'd rather talk to my daughter about this, because that didn't seem to blow your mind at all. And well, it was more fun for her to be like, whoa. Yeah, I think what's what would take it to the next level is then you working out, like, how fast would we have to go to be traveling back in time. 
you know Ooh. what I mean? Like, yeah. if you're then going, I forgot from the you're pool, a Superman fan. Didn't he do that? Didn't he reverse? <laughs> yes, the... that's true. Well, well, he reversed the whole spin of the Earth. I think. Yeah. Uh, which is maybe a whole different kind of physics conversation, but, um, like, how fast would you then have to move from the pool back to your house to see the sunset again? Right. Well, at the speed of the Earth's rotation, I guess so. Which I don't know how fast that is. It's very fast, though, fast. isn't it? It's pretty fast, I think. So yeah. impossible to do. Okay, I, sorry for this the is exactly two. where I thought we were starting. Yeah, the well, me too. And I even prepared a time traveling joke for you guys. Oh, yes. great! Yes, but I you love didn't. It. You didn't like it. So oh. yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat it. <laughs> wow, I love that. That does defy the fact that this whole thing was recorded, though. Does oh, that ruin your joke? It totally does. <laughs> Well, or it just re- adds another layer. What would be really brilliant is if at the end of the podcast, you said the joke, and then we're like, whoa, our minds just got blown. Oh, we still can't. Or you say, no, we don't like out. that. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah we don't like that. That's right. Shall we segment? Yeah, we should do a segment. Okay. I thought you were leading us into the segment. Oh, well, I'm going to right now. So here's our, listeners, here's our brand new segment. <clears throat> the segment is called Eat a Green Thing. Curious Church Podcast is, we, we are fully, fully delving into the bizarre now. Okay, so Eat a Green Thing is an idea that we had for a segment. And, um, you know, it's not great to eat on mic, but um, I thought this would be an opportunity for me to sort of expand my uh, culinary horizons and for us to learn about food and, and uh, sustenance and, uh, you know, the good creation that God has given us in terms of um, things that are green. So... Today, Libby did not know this segment was coming, by no. the way. So. <clears throat> so before I came here, I stopped at our uh, little uh, mom and pop grocery store down the street uh, owned by the Bezos family <laughs> um, <laughs> called Whole Foods. And uh, I went through the produce section. And I thought, I'm going to find a green thing that I haven't eaten yet. There's got to be something new out there that I haven't tried. Well, I was a little disappointed because I don't want to brag you guys, but... You've eaten a lot of green things. <laughs> your lettuces, your your arugulas, your cucumbers, zucchinis, peas, beans. I've done it all. But what I have not done. Very curious. Is something that's inside here. Out of a bag. Are those grapes? They are grapes. Are no, they I have. Can- they're cotton candy grapes. <laughs> oh, I, I have eaten green grapes before. <laughs> Like, wow, but, this is a real but, I, Okay, okay, I know, I know. But I have not yet eaten these green grapes, which are marketed to me as being as sweet as any carnival treat. Oh. It says here right on the label. These amazingly sweet golden grapes, they're golden, but they are. They uh, look green. They look yeah, green. I'll vouch for that. Thank you, thank you. Sweet golden grapes naturally taste like the classic spun sugar carnival treat you remember. Cotton candy. I, th- I think cotton candy. Is cotton candy like trademarked or something? Like I wonder. They can't like seem they to can't say, say cotton that? candy. <laughs> what? What's their description of cotton candy? Sponge sugar. Sponge sugar. <laughs> yeah, they keep saying sponge sugar carnival treat. Is that listeners? We need to write in. Does anyone in the world call cotton candy sponge sugar? <laughs> in Australia, it's called fairy floss, but that is not oh, sponge sugar. Fairy floss is good. So anyway, so here's uh, here's a green thing. I, I you know I rinsed these off at home before oh, wow. I came. Well, thank you. So they're a little damp, but I just thought. You know, maybe... In this segment, we all eat green things. Okay. Yeah. And if we don't want to, do we say, I do not like it, same I am? You may like say that, yeah. Okay. But I, won't I, be, I will eat it. Though. I won't be as insistent as the character in the, the book. 
I feel like uh, the obligation is for Aaron and I to eat it. And then uh, guests can buy in or not. They have a cotton candy taste. Oh, they're great. Do they not? Oh, yeah. Are they great or grape? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I see if I can generate like a nice little I feel pop. bad for our listeners. <laughs> they can't experience this. Oh, my word. That is really something. That's a little disturbing, don't you think? Like, yeah. how, how does that happen? How's that happening? Are they, Are they injecting in, these? Injecting in, uh, yeah. I, I can't assume there are any natural flavors in cotton candy, spun sugar. Wow. What a great segment. Okay. Uh, these, are, <laughs> these are great. <laughs> I do just want to keep eating them, but I realize I'm supposed to be talking on the Listen, mic. Listeners, these are incredible. If you come across these at your local grocer, pick, pick up some, some carnival grapes. They're an amazing green thing. I give them five out of five Kermits. Go get some, uh, go get some carnival grapes. And that, this has been Eat, Eat a, a Green, green Thing. thing. <laughs> well what i love about this podcast is just our range mm. we can talk about the weather we can do non sequiturs to talking about time travel mm. we can eat grapes <laughs> on mic and now we can talk about online church yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we'll take a brief break before we do that well, I want to finish these grapes. So. Oh, okay, yeah. So we'll be we'll be back right after this. We didn't have Libby on to just eat grapes, although she's really good at that, and that was just superb skill. <laughs> we wanted to invite Libby in as just a third member of a conversation about uh, online church, which we'll say for now, and maybe we can discuss a little bit more what mm. that means. Yeah. So we are, we're in the midst of asking this big question, where do we go from here? Or as we've said in a couple episodes, where are, where are we? we? <laughs> right, because it is an ongoing question, uh, and we've talked about um, kind of the challenges of the past year and a half. It keeps growing in time. Probably each time we talk, we've talked about community and some of the implications and what community looks like going forward. And one big thing that's come out of a pandemic season is pretty early on when church attendance went to zero. Because there were <laughs> yeah. no services happening yeah. Yeah. in person. Uh, churches all across the world, really, were working out what it meant to do some version of something online. And as we begin to move out, as most churches, I'd say, are returning to some form of in-person in all different ways that that looks like, there's all kinds of questions about what this means as an additional piece, supplementary piece, is this the piece of what our church looks like going forward? And so we thought it'd be pretty interesting to have a conversation about that. I should say, I thought it would be pretty interesting <laughs> to have a conversation like that. And Aaron and Livy have uh, agreed to be dragged into it. <laughs> so. um, yes. Yeah. Well, well set up. Um, I think, I think it'd be interesting to note kind of right off the bat that the idea of, um, having church but not meeting to do it is actually not really that new of an idea. Like I remember, like if you think about like the Crystal Cathedral days, like the Schuler Church, and like as my grandparents sort of got unable to like move, go to their own churches, that would like they would watch church on TV in the you know eighties. Yeah, 
Um, so this idea actually has kind of been around for a while, and there have been um, different trends with like drive-in, you know, drive-in churches or um, other online or or TV kind of services. So uh, it's this. We could have had this conversation honestly in the mid '90s and yeah. had a, maybe a similar. Um, so anyway, I just thought that was kind of something to note that this is not that new of, of an idea or really of a debate. Like because yeah. we're going to debate. Not debate, but we'll talk not only Hotly about... Hotly debate. We're going <laughs> to be at each other's throats with uh, this idea of what church... It almost comes, like, not to get there too quickly, but it's almost like a definition of what church is and what's what the value of gathering yeah. even is. Yeah, it's so true. It's not... Yeah, it's certainly not new. I was talking to one pastor who's like, my, my grandparents' church, well, they were already doing something... Uh, for people who couldn't attend, who were like, you know, either in ho- like homes or uh, in homes, in uh, like assisted living facilities yeah. or like that kind of thing. So for them, the transition, I think the shift that has happened is where it was maybe kind of the the realm of the mega church or the multi-campus kind of site. Yeah. Uh, it's now like so much more ubiquitous in terms of like, it's, I think it's pretty standard expectation. Yeah, that most most churches, not all, but yeah. most churches are providing some kind of way for people to engage remotely, uh, because that's been kind of the only option for for a chunk of time. So, yeah. it's interesting to think about now in light of that. Right. right? Mm-hmm. right. Um. Go ahead. Do you want to start with a uh, kind of our first question? And uh, yeah, well, I'd love to have our guest weigh in a little bit. Yeah, too. and I mean, it's also worth saying, like, we we really aren't coming as experts on this, any of us. Uh, so this really is just us trying to wrestle with some of these questions. But I thought one place for us to start was, I think sometimes the benefits of kind of some form of, let's say online worship uh, is just kind of assumed. Uh, but I thought it would be worth actually us talking about and kind of even brainstorming a little bit together. Like what are some what are some of the benefits? What are the like pros, <laughs> yeah, um, so to speak, of doing something like this? So maybe we can toss to Libby for any ideas that kind of came to your mind when you think about like what, what's what's the benefits of kind of having an online kind of worship opportunity or something like that. Yeah, so I think the obvious ones are the safety factor. That's why most of mm. us went remote so quickly. Yeah. Uh, with COVID issues, Um, but there's also the accessibility issue, which has been helpful for people who can't come because they're sick or in the hospital or whatever. Um, And then also another thing that's come of this is that it's much less intimidating for people who might not otherwise want to come physically to a church. They can kind of check us out from a distance. But um, of course, the flip side of that and the flip side of any seeker-sensitive models would be that we would never want to leave somebody worshiping remotely. We would want that to be an entry point, less intimidating entry point. We would eventually want them to come here when they felt safe and able to do so. So yeah, I think health safety, accessibility, and maybe kind of a little preview for people who are, have been hurt by the church or just a little scared to walk in the door. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought of kind of similar things and the accessibility is, um, like it's both, I was thinking also, uh, or sorry, let me back up. I was thinking when you were talking also of people, yeah, who have been hurt, who kind of, there's some trauma there. Also people who are grieving. Like, I feel like I've had a number of conversations uh, with people who have lost spouses, who being at church, some Sundays is fine and other Sundays is just like kind of overwhelming and painful. And um, 
one person was just telling me like, if I'm not here, I'm watching online because it just felt a little intense to like come and sit where we used to sit together and now we mm. can't do that. So there is something like, uh, like it's easy, I think, to get kind of wrapped up in numbers or things like that when we talk like the, in other words, it's easy to get wrapped up in like the positive being kind of a reach and scope. Like you can reach anyone in the world with, uh, when you do this, like people all across America can be tuning in and there's like a beauty of some kind to that. It's usually the part that I want to push back on the mm, most strongly. Yes. Right. Yeah, me too. Um, but like, there is also a way in which this can be a real compassionate kind of gift to people, uh, for where they're at. So I appreciate you kind of raising, yeah, the kind of the sen- sensitivity of folks. Yeah. And, and like, in just a second, what you're saying, we want to be wary of broadening our scope too large because we don't want people in Alabama and Kentucky to be you know, worshiping with us online regularly. We mm. want them to find local churches in Alabama and Kentucky right. where they can be connected and discipled because that's a key component. I don't want to be jumping the gun here, but that's a key component that we lose with remote church. Right. The community changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I had to, I wanted to also make a note about the, like, after we had kind of, we got in a groove with an online, like a live stream model every week with our services, um, a couple things. One, we made a pretty significant investment, like financially and in terms of knowledge of, of the technology and a new group of volunteers and all that kind of stuff. So it made you wonder, like, and we did that because we knew even if, like, the pandemic just, like, totally dissipates and everything goes back to normal, we still want to have that resource for folks who are not able to come or whether, you know, for whatever variety of reasons we've already talked about. So it was like, we, maybe this is something we should have been doing all along. You know, we could Mm -hmm. have still have reached um, maybe a a subset of our community, you know, pre pandemic that this could have been beneficial for. So I thought that was an interesting thing to know because once we sort of made the investment and made the decision that this is uh, something we wanted to do, it was going to be kind of a long-term thing. Like this is just what we, what we do now. Yeah. 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 I, I want to loop back and maybe uh, this sort of the version of the question that moves us into kind of the negatives, but I actually want to latch onto something you said, Libby, and maybe we can launch. Um, because I think just from our context, we probably all have a little bit more hesitancy <laughs> just that we carry with us uh, into some of this conversation. So, like you said, like we don't want people in Kentucky and Alabama, <laughs> and I figured that was actually your personal animus against those states. So. <laughs> I'm from Kentucky, by the way. <laughs> well, that's all you need to say, Libby. I don't want my parents watching. <laughs> no, but um, like, I mean, the question when you say that is, why not? There's many churches mm. who do versions of this who think it would be great if people from Kentucky and Alabama and every other state in the union uh, and those outside. Um, there aren't states outside the union, but you get what I'm saying, um, could join us and experience like this special thing that we pour ourselves into and are so delighted. So like the, like one question I would have is why not? Well, we would lose the community. You're not really, you know, communicating with those people. You would lose any kind of discipleship where people are really pouring into you and holding you accountable you lose the ability to serve the body of Christ. And so much of our sanctification and flourishing happens when we put in something, when we 
um, are used as the body and not just receiving something as mm-hmm. consumers. Um, and then we you, we just turn into consumers. We're up. Oh, we don't like this one anymore. We're going to tune in and see what you know this mega church pastor in Florida can can provide for us. Or in Lincoln, California. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the dream. And then you can't, um, and then the sacraments, all the physical, tangible things that are really important for the worship, um, even just being in the space. I don't know about you all, but as amazing as our online um, remote worship is, I get more distracted when I'm at home trying to worship <laughs> yeah, and totally. awkwardly just hearing myself and three other people sing. And, you know, it, it's hard to really focus on the worship and even, yeah. Yeah. The same. One of the things I'm trying to wrestle with in this conversation, because yeah, like like I said earlier, I think I have an instinct to just be pretty, pretty like relatively negative. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> about about this, and a lot of for a lot of the reasons you're talking about, and for like a lot of kind of the invisible reasons of right the ways that we're formed by the ways that we engage with church. But I've been trying to think like, am I just lacking imagination? Is part of my problem that like. I am not thinking creatively enough about this. Like, so this may be a little devil's, little devil's advocate Love here, it. but I like, so Libby, I, I, I mean, I appreciate the things you said, but I wonder, like, I think what you're saying is very true of the way that we live stream and approach church. But I'm like, could you imagine like a worship service that, um, allows people to engage with one another in some way that creates some sense of community. I think we, I can at least imagine some kind of platform that could do that. When it comes to serving one another, I'm like, well, could I imagine having someone in Kentucky facilitate that online space? So there is a way that they, like, there's, I could imagine kind of remote service opportunities, maybe small group leading, um, discipleship maybe is an interesting kind of piece. The sacraments I think is super interesting because if I just change my theology a little bit, probably everyone can kind of do their own sacraments at home. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can fly out for a baptism service if we need to or something like that, <laughs> you know? Um, but like, I, I, like part of me wonders like, am I not being imaginative enough? I don't know. What, what do you guys think? I think we've all been very imaginative, and I think it's been beautiful to see, for example, all the different ways churches have tried to deal with the Lord's Supper, like the drive-through Eucharist services, right, and, yeah. um, and just all the... But all these different things we've done for the sacraments or for discipleship, they've all been out of necessity, and mm. I would say that they've been good under the circumstances, but not ideal maybe for the long term, um, would be the short of it, yeah. Yeah. I don't think that there's any amount of creativity or technology that will ever be a substitute for being like people gathering in the same place together. Like I don't I don't think as I don't think technology will ever advance to that point where we're in the same room together but not. What about virtual reality? We all just put on our glasses. <laughs> it's like I I mean this is going further than can I can. Can I choose to go. my own avatar? But yeah, you can choose your own avatar. And then we could even create a Granite Springs sanctuary that looks sure. exactly. I mean, surely there's some church in the world doing something like this, right? Where it is like literally a duplication of kind of a Sunday morning. Uh, you can turn, you can see people. I don't know if te- technologically we're there yet, but this is like, we're, we're a hop, skip, and a jump from that, right? And yeah, I mean, I, it strikes me that there's a couple of things like, 
there's like really massive underlying questions, right? Well, that we're already touching on without maybe naming them. I think like one of them is like, well, what in the world is the church? <laughs> Another one like really is like what like what's the primary thing we're going for in worship? Like, I I think part, sometimes we talk about just kind of the end thing, but really what we're talking about is like some kind of dichotomy of formation or reach and scope, <laughs> and like. Um, sometimes the conversation will break down because we're like not naming those clearly. Uh, and then another one is just like, does, do our bodies matter? <laughs> right. Cause mm. when I think about like virtual reality, like it feels like you could check, you start checking a lot of boxes of like being together. Now we're nowhere near like capable of putting together a virtual reality service. Um, but like in terms of some of those community pieces and some of those connecting pieces and granted Libby would never look like Libby. Uh, <laughs> she, she picked some awesome avatar. Um, it's like a wolf. Or something. <laughs> Wonder Woman. Wonder yeah, Woman. Right. <laughs> but like, uh, um, and to be clear, I'm not really arguing for these things, but uh, like it really starts to get at these really foundational questions. I think of like, well, does it, does it matter that we are physically somewhere? Um, so like, but your response, Aaron, there was just kind of assumptive that, that yes. And yet I can imagine people saying like, well, no, like if you can get all these things close enough, right? It's always about like, if we can get close enough, then it's good enough. Well, there's a lot of close enough that we've had to do, I think, in pandemic times, like talking with family members um, mm -hmm. and talking with neighbors, in fact, whether it's, you have to be like over a back fence or you have to be on FaceTime or... Um, yeah, you're, 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 you know, you're, you're almost with people, but you're not. And I think, uh. um, I think close enough isn't close enough. Yeah. I just talk to a grandparent and a grandkid who have had hmm. to go through close enough for a year and a year and a half. And yeah. they may not be able to articulate why close enough isn't good enough, but there's something about bodily presence that we psychologically need as embodied people. And I think that's echoed throughout scripture too, that it's the, the physical worship, the physical place, the people being physically together. I mean, when they were, you know, kicked out of their land, they're, they know God's still with them. They think they hope, but there's mm. something about that physical land and the physical stuff that meant worship to them. Yeah. I think we're just made to, to worship holistically body, mind, spirit, seeing other people embodied. Do you think like one of the challenges of this is um, like, I'm not sure I can articulate, like I agree with what, with what you both say to take off the devil's advocate hat and come back to the party. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> Finally, Matt, we were starting to hate you. <laughs> yeah. I was just trying to raise the temperature in the room. You did want a hot um, debate today, yeah. didn't you? Like I, like I really agree. I think part of the challenge is I can't articulate well what that is. And I wonder if it's because it's like so foundational <laughs> to who we are as people. Like, yeah, like I, like what you're saying, like, yeah, perhaps the grandchild and grandparent can't articulate kind of exactly what's missing. They might've been able to talk. They might've played games together. They might've done all these things like through FaceTime or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know that I can articulate even while knowing, yeah, there's something fundamentally not the same. I like I like your phrase, Aaron, that close enough is not close enough. I think mm. like that's maybe starting to like put its put its finger in a weird kind of uh <laughs> negating way on part of the yeah. part of the problem of kind of I mean in some sense it's like 
I think about the incarnation too. And here mm-hmm. comes, here comes Jesus and fully God, fully man. And like the next centuries are in some sense a debate about like what exactly that means. Mm-hmm. And one of the arguments that comes up is like, well, he like has that humanity has to be full. Like close enough is not close enough. It's in mm-hmm. some sense like mm-hmm. what the Orthodox Christians are saying against heretics over and over. Like it has to be fully both. Like close enough is not close enough. Like it's really important. And I think there's something that carries through to our experience of one another, our encounters with God, encounters with our church community. Even if I can't quite like it doesn't feel like I can put my tongue put my tongue, put words exactly yeah. to what that is. Right. I don't know, maybe you guys have like the key, like here here is how we talk about incarnational presence and why it's different, but I think you just said it beautifully. Well <laughs> I can't improve upon <laughs> incarnational theology. <laughs> No, but like even that is just like, well, we know it's really important. Like it's, we know, we know it's important. Mm -hmm. Ask me why. And I'm like, we know it's important. (laughs) There's, uh, you were talking about VR earlier and which is kind of funny. So my parents, my kids' grandparents who live um, a couple thousand miles away, Mm. bought for our family an Oculus Quest. So a VR machine. Uh And so there's So you're ready to take us here. I, a little bit, <laughs> but there's this um, like mini golf game where you can like hang out on this sort of fantastical mini golf course. Okay, and they play they'll play online with each other. So my dad, two thousand miles away, is and my daughter are playing mini golf, and you can kind of see each other and wave to each other and goof around on the golf course together. And it's really fun. It's close yeah. to being together. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, but. When we were at their house um, in July and my daughter is sitting on my dad's lap, Hmm. that's like, that's finally close enough. Hmm. So I wonder if physical touch is sort of one end of the spectrum. Um, Now, we don't do in worship a lot of necessarily touching each other. In fact, we're discouraging it right now. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, do not shake hands when you pass the feast. Do not, yeah. Um, so maybe that's not the, the, like the direction we totally go in church, but I wonder if that's a way to help identify a spectrum, like even, yeah, even a shaking, shaking hands. There was a a church service we used to do in college where like at the last song, everyone held hands, you Mm. know, and, um, a a different environment with like a hormonal weird college kidness. (laughs) But um, I think the, the point was still like that. This is how, like, this is us being together. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just thought I had. And even without the physical touch, it's so much of a sensory experience. There's so much things that we're hearing in time Mm -hmm. um, and smelling and feeling on our bodies, even like the scratchy chairs. Like it just tells me I'm in church, I'm sitting upright rather than like slouching on the couch in my pajamas. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Just, it's a whole bodied experience. Yeah, I think so too. And if you like, if you see someone walk in the door, you're like, oh, I'm glad to see them today, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. or... Oh, look how, you know, look how tall Drew is now or something like that. Like you, that kind of, that's all, that's all part of the community, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, um, like one of the questions that I think comes out of, comes out of this kind of conversation where it's like, um, we recognize maybe a, as a helpful plan B, <laughs> but we're not encouraging it as a plan A. Like, uh, so I think part of that would be like, you 
I, this goes back to a comment you made earlier, Libby. It's like we wouldn't want to leave people, like maybe people who are just checking out the church, kind of leave them forever, just kind of in online space somewhere. But how do we actually encourage people like to move towards maybe um, and let's let's maybe assume for a minute, right? Like we don't like let's take the health and safety piece out of this because this mm-hmm. is going to be something. Uh, well, regardless of the fact that COVID is likely to be just an ongoing part of our reality, like we're going to be grappling with this well beyond sort of particular health and safety concerns. Everything mm-hmm. could be back as to a, as normal a world as it could be, and we're still going to be grappling with what it looks like to invite people more deeply into engagement. Like, how do we be? How do we have that conversation or invite people into that conversation without it? Like, I, my fear is always like it's really helpful to talk about our formation. It's also really easy for me to like just come across as like berating people for like, hey, like we had a hard week. We have three kids. We didn't make it to church. We watched it online and it was great. Okay. I'm like, I, I like, I really want to be compassionate and not sort of be like, well, that's close enough is not close enough. Yeah, right. your, you know, you know what right. I mean? Like, so how do you begin to invite people or how do you even have that conversation? Maybe this is a particular pastoral kind of question, but I'd be curious kind of reflections from you guys. I have similar concerns because I think it's so tempting, especially if you have a busy life. I mean, any little excuse could bring you to the point where online church just becomes the replacement church. Yeah. I mean, it could be, you know, my kids' nap schedules. I'm sure Ollie's naps are yeah. shifting. Very Sometimes sympathetic It to is that. not easy to make either yeah. service or sporting events, and people are thinking, well, it's better to attend online later than not at all, and that ends up being sometimes, very often, not attending even online because yeah, things are busy. Right. It's kind of a slippery slope, but then I don't want to be such a hardliner that I think, nope. The only people who get this link are the people who are elderly with a doctor's <laughs> note. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, my professor hat comes on. <laughs> yeah. So how do we be compassionate and flexible, uh, but also encourage people to to come as often as they can for those formative elements? Maybe within the service, we just gently remind people how important it is to partake of physical worship when they can and... Yeah, invite and and, and 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 like being emphatic about the Lord's Supper and just the various elements that are important for them to experience and how much we care about their presence there. That might not be enough, though. Hmm. Well, yeah. Go do ahead. You, do you want to see? Do you want to see your f- uh, video? Your favorite music? So you have a favorite musician. Do you want to see their video on YouTube or do you want to go see them live? I want to see. The, I want to see you live each week, and I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gets to see you twice. Was that, was that, not not was that not about me? Not about me. <laughs> Did I understand the assignment? <laughs> Look, I know live music. The concept of live music is not really a top of mind for us in the past couple of years. But just imagine, yeah, yeah, yeah. that your favorite band is playing, and you'd want to see them live. Yeah, right. I don't. I don't know that a preacher is. Uh, is quite up on uh, at the level of people's favorite bands, but I do hear. <laughs> no, what, but you want to be in the room, like yeah. in the room where it happens to do Hamilton with us. <laughs> yeah, I. I mean, I wonder if I have no idea what this would look like, but if you, um, like, lean into making uh, church an even more sensory experience. Not, and I don't mean in the sense of fog and uh, <laughs> lights, but it strikes me like incense 
um, I'm not saying let's do incense at Grand Springs, but like huh. this is like the like this is an old tradition, right? And you're talking about the scratchy chairs and all that. I was thinking like these are all kind of cues that we use, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're things that help us form our posture and kind of come before God. I wonder if you increase kind of the sensory nature. We already have obviously weekly Eucharist, and so there is something really tangible about that, and there's something really. Uh, tangible, I think about coming forward and kind of processing and some of the, mm-hmm. some of the activity mm-hmm. that we have. And even I think of giving the blessing at the end of a service, like there's, there's something pretty incredible about looking out. you see every, like most of the rooms kind of arms like outstretched to receive it. And even as a worshiper, when you do that and you kind of can see left and right, like we're all receiving this thing together, mm-hmm. like the, the physicality, uh, if there's even a way to deepen the physicality such that you almost create like a an ache or a longing when when you're missing that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, and you sort of I don't know. Is this kind of like this is in some sense sort of like trying to make church more compelling, which I don't know that it necessarily needs, and yet it's sort of like compelling through the ancient ways is what I'm interested in, uh, rather than compelling in like new. Let's do something different ways. I don't know. I think of the example also of. Um, we haven't done this in a while, but the getting a uh, branch wet and oh, yeah. like that sort of, uh, remember our baptism. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. Getting sprinkled in the congregation is another reason. Maybe that's, this is a good idea, Matt. We make church less like what you can experience through video and that will draw people in. Right. But not by, not with new gimmicks, but by leaning into some of this corp corporal, Corporeal, corporeal, um, embodied practices. Yeah, because it is. It can be easy for for church in our tradition. I think in many Protestant traditions, especially, to sort of become like um, a lecture and a song. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, like we come, like we sing, and it's kind of all in our heads anyway. And <laughs> I can stay home for a lecture really and a moving. song. Yeah, right. Yeah. And exactly, like, yeah. oh, this is like not real. Like, yeah, I can watch. I could even compile my own worship service. I could find my favorite preacher on YouTube and then I can find my favorite worship band yeah. and can create a set and okay, there's my Sunday worship. So like what are the things that actually makes that sets worship aside in addition to kind of the community uh, layers? Cause I'm thinking of people like if you're new or if you feel disconnected from the community, uh, the community is not a compelling reason to come to in-person church. <laughs> like mm-hmm. if you're not going to see people, you know, like that's yeah. not like a, Oh, like, like if someone doesn't know Drew, they're not interested in how tall Drew is. I mean, no offense to Drew, we we love Drew and how tall he is, but like you know what I mean. So you've got to like, build that. For yeah, them you to have to build that it. for them to long for that. Well, and I do think I know you've just asked a question, and I'm not going to answer it. But <laughs> I, just I don't know that I actually. So asked did I ask a question? <laughs> uh, I think that Granite Springs has a unique. Um, spot and niche because we're the size church where anybody can be known by a pastor, by you or Kevin or Aaron, um, and feel known. And you're bound to probably at least say hi to them and wave on a given Sunday, if not have a short little conversation. Whereas a big church, you're probably not going to have those connections. And so you're not going to necessarily have the draw to come back in person. Hmm. So in addition to all those tangible cues that would you know, make one of people want to be present physically. I think it's also those, Hey, I want to, I actually want to see Matt and Aaron and mm-hmm. Kevin and connect with them. Mm-hmm. In I, addition to all the other people in the community. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Cause we have a desire to be pastored. Most people, right. We want to connect with our pastors and know that they see us and care about us. And 
Do we? <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah. No, that, I think that's beautiful. But I also think that's something that you've cultivated within yourself. Like, I don't know that that's a universal um, desire of, of people. Um, I think it's a lovely desire. <laughs> I'd, I'd advocate for it. But I think that's also a way that you've kind of been wonderfully formed and not like, I think it strikes me that so much of this is a formation conversation. Um, and like, even as we talk, like just noting the ways that we have been formed through engaging in worship throughout our lives and then also leading worship throughout our lives. It's like, we've been formed in such ways that it, it like we would definitely note the loss, right. Of not showing up. And that's, I think, like that is a real grace for all of us as we talk. Um, I just recognize like there's many people like who are maybe at the beginning of a formation journey, right? Where it's like, yeah, like how do we cultivate like that kind of longing where where it would be like, mm. oh, I, I realize what I'm losing. <laughs> like mm. close enough is not close enough for me anymore, mm-hmm. but it might've been, right? And I can imagine people who at different places in their journey, which I mean, this is, honestly, this is like, just one of the important roles of the church of teaching, of forming, of bringing people in. Um, so in some sense, it's really not different than what we should always be about doing. It's just one particular dynamic of it. Yeah. I think there's uh, just to kind of go back to the, the, like why we even meet together. And this may be an extension of the, my live music example, but there's, there's a reason we have like people throughout all of time have gathered together things. We gather for meals, we gather for church, of course, we gather to um, like work together. Like there are all kinds of things that we gather for. And it's, this is like what we've sort of missed the last couple of years is this, this, I mean, this is why people go crazy when they can finally go out to dinner or (laughs) finally go to see a movie or a play it's because that's there's something sort of mysterious and innate in us in wanting to uh, like connect with other people, like in person, like be in the same room with people. And I I, I knew I, I knew there wasn't like a silver bullet answer. We're, <laughs> yeah. and we're curious and we don't have answers. That's our we should make that disclaimer very explicit every <laughs> yeah. time. Uh, but I yeah, there's uh, there's something there's something within us that is. Um, that that keeps us from being alone, honestly, I think. And that is, I mean, you can be FaceTiming with people all day and still be very lonely. And I think yeah. we've seen a lot of that too the past couple of years. Yeah. And I think like, it's also worth naming, like you can come to church and you can come to Grand Springs Church and you can walk out and you can feel very lonely. And we're sad about that. That always Libby, is, are like, you happy with him contradicting everything we say all day? <laughs> no, I mean, I just, there's devil's he advocate. He wants a debate. He no, wants no, a debate. No, Matt, I, there's devil's advocate, and then there's just being a jerk. I, I agree. With, no, I totally agree with you. I just, the more I thought about this topic, the more just I found myself, I think, healthily compassionate for people who just feel like all, like, this this is what I need or this is good enough or like I just under, like I don't yeah my experience is so different than that experience but I want like I just get why people the million stories that might yeah. lead people to that way yeah. and I don't want to be dismissive of that even as like I want to encourage and invite them into something that I think is genuinely deeper and truer to who they are 
that's maybe like if we're doing takeaways, like my takeaway I, or one big takeaway for me is just like, like this is like messier than I thought when I pitched the topic. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like I kind of thought like um, there's just maybe, maybe there is like at least a bow like I could put on the conversation. Uh, not, not necessarily I, but like we like, and like, I feels like there's basic like directions we would want to encourage people, but also like, it's so, it's this weirdly like, um, like every story like is going to intersect with this topic in different ways. Mm -hmm. And, um, while that maybe like, while I don't want to like emphasize that to the point of like this unhealthy individualism, uh, which I think is part of this whole online church conversation. I also want to recognize like the ways that God is uniquely going to work through and in people and not discount, uh, the way that he can do that. Even, even if my face is weirdly projected on your television screen at home. So maybe that's a takeaway for me. I don't know if you guys have any kind of reflections on this conversation itself. Yeah, I think this whole year and a half has just really reminded me how complex ministry can be mm. and given me and I think a lot of people a lot of empathy because everybody's situation is so incredibly unique. And so any tendency to say, well, everyone should be in person or everybody <laughs> yeah. should be online and it's just not that cut and dry. And um, so the complexity, the nuance, the wisdom that's been needed to navigate mm. this, I hope that some of those things are things that will carry on even when if the pandemic's ever behind us and, <laughs> yeah. you know, continue to be empathetic and um, just recognize those, those complexities in, in our congregants. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I'd have a similar takeaway. Um, and that I think is to not, I think we can't underestimate the, the value of, have, like bodies gathered in a space and the um, idea of worshiping with our bodies and with other people. Mm. Um, yeah. W while also acknowledging that there is some mystery as to why that's valuable. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a, this is a hard, this is a, this is a hard, like it's, we get on this auto, pilot of live streaming because well, that's what all the other churches are doing and what right. other it's the best option it seems like mm -hmm. and um and it's been good for a lot of folks and then you wonder but why is it not good enough and that i don't know yeah i mean it is yeah the, the mystery of being human i think is like there's things that we can't like language falls short sometimes of the realities that we encounter yeah. that's certainly true with god and i think it's true of our kind of communal experiences sometimes too. But yeah, I appreciate you guys having the conversation and kind of wrestling and yeah, I mean, I think it's so valuable for us to have conversations like this that just wrestle and like ask these questions and don't always come to answers, maybe come to kind of trajectories, but um, because it is easy, it's so easy to just kind of do what everyone else is doing or do kind of the, especially I think over the last year and a half, like, okay, what's, what's the best thing for now? And then not, not come around and ask like, okay, how has now changed? Or like, what is the best thing going yep. forward? Yeah. So that's what I've been trying to do in all these questions in some ways. So yeah. Thanks Libby, especially. Thank you both. Yeah. Thanks Libby. Fun. Thanks also to Erin. Just thanks to Libby, especially because she's, she's our guest. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to thank me. <laughs> um,
Um, but you know who does need to be thanked? The listeners. Oh, always. Listeners, thanks for hanging out with us uh, again for another curious conversation. Um, anything they should know um, before we say goodbye? Not really. I mean, we, we, welcome, we welcome any kind of feedback or reflections. Maybe you have a story that you want to share. Uh, if you, you know, get it to us in a timely fashion... No, it won't make a, it won't make a podcast. But Aaron and I appreciate kind of additional reflection that the podcast stirs up. So we certainly like to hear from you. Yeah, I do have a request of, and this is a legitimate request of, uh, if there are any listeners who are also sort of, um, if they are, if you are a devotee also of uh, online of our online service, what do you what do you like about it? What do you miss about being in person? I think I'd be curious to know about that cool curious church at granite springs.org yeah that's our email yeah say hi uh we miss you <laughs> listeners <laughs> this is kind of a one-way thing so List- listeners aren't missing us as much we you know we've yeah, been we're a back. little bit consistent we're back <gasps> we're back, <laughs> <laughs> we're back. <laughs> um good well again thanks to libby and uh until next time i'm aaron i'm libby and i'm matt Thanks for being curious with us.